How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Myler, once again with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It is Super Bowl week, but instead of focusing on that like everybody else in the world is doing right now, we're going to continue our series of the Rookie Draft flashbacks. Before we get to that, though, fellas, we should touch on that playoff fantasy football league that we started at the beginning of this postseason. Uh, We definitely have to talk about it because if you listened at the end of last week's episode, you heard Matt (laughs) mention uh, he's kicking our butts and that we sidestepped it on purpose, Matt. Jeez, you just continue putting up big numbers. How are you doing it, dude? Uh, I just, I guess I'm just picking the right players, Dan. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, come on now. You're supposed to be really good at this. It's not just luck. What's the reason? Uh, I I think that I leave my options open for the next week. I've been pretty good at predicting the games this, this year. And I think that's really like what the playoff league really boils down to. I picked Blake Bortles because I, I knew that he wasn't going and I wanted to leave myself with Tom Brady for the Super Bowl. Um, and I, th- I, I my, my guess was a lot of people were going to do that, but I actually looked at the three uh, players ahead of me. I'm, I'm in fourth place currently. A Hawaiian time at Snooks on a Leash and Andy Sa- Salmon. Salmon. Uh, they've already all used Brady, and two of the three have already used Gronk. So I'm feeling pretty good entering the last week here. Yeah, you're, you're certainly looking like you're in good shape. Uh, I tried to do the same thing you did, Matt. <laughs> uh, I, tried to, I tried to pick the games and figure out who was going to have that big – Output. I thought if there was a quarterback on the NFC side in championship weekend that was going to throw multiple touchdowns, it was the Vikings quarterback. So I stacked him with both of his big receivers, thinking that was the way to go. Turns out Rudolph caught the touchdown. The wide receivers do nothing, and Keenum gets way outshined uh, in, in that contest. So I'm down there quite a ways in the standings. Ryan, what are we going to do to catch up, or is it over? I think it's over for me. I... <laughs> I uh, I beat no one last week in in scoring. I was dead last among everybody that submitted a lineup, so any chance I had of a comeback is is dead. I had Keenum as well, and a lot of other players who didn't put up uh, very many fantasy points. So I mentioned a couple weeks ago I've never done a playoff league, and now I know why. This might be my last one. Oh come on now! Next year yeah. you're, you'll go to from worst to first. You'll you'll be the Jaguars. Did you guys do the Scott Fish one? 
I did not. No. No, I did. So I, I, I diversified, which was a mistake. And now, when I was in like ninth place going into last week in the championship, into the conference championship round, but then I played Keenum, and now I, I'm pretty sure I'm out of the money now there too. Mm. So, so you live and die by the sword, I guess, when it comes to those playoff fantasy football leagues. I have one other league that I am in that I'm doing a lot better in. Uh, not playing the likes of you fellers, and apparently our listeners who are much better at it than I. So let's let's get to this. Rookie draft flashback. This is our final installment of the series, um, the fifth one. We started in 2013. If you've listened to the past four podcasts, you heard the 2013, 14, 15, and 16 looks at those rookie drafts. Uh, Check them out if you haven't already. This week, as I mentioned before, is the 2017 draft. A lot of this is all... Still pretty fresh to us, fellas. Um, We're only really 12 months removed from the hype building. And I guess guess even more than that with that class. Um, But every class is that way now. Um, And and even less than that time since we've done our final draft. So while some things have changed, Ryan, a lot has still stayed the same with this class. It'll be interesting where these guys fall, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just looking back at some of the drafts that we did you saw some players in the first round that uh, already just less than a year removed you just cringe at and can't believe that that they were first round picks Uh, and several in this class especially players that were third fourth fifth rounders or or even undrafted in dynasty rookie drafts have already kind of made a name for themselves and have created some dynasty value it's really interesting to me, Matt, as we've gone on throughout this process, and we're going to do a recap episode in a week that our listeners can can check in and see how our rosters ended up and things like that. But when, when you're five years out and you have five years worth of data, you go back to that class and you see the likes of C.J. Anderson and Spencer Ware and Rex Burkhead fitting in the the top 12 picks and now we're about to do a mock draft once again where we're only a year away and we still have all the hype and all the all the stuff surrounding these young prospects all of them have that upside still it seems so that 10th 11th 12th pick is a lot is a much more useful player what are your thoughts on the depth of these classes? Is it just that it's just this new still, or is there something more to to how Dynasty is playing out over the last five seasons? I think I think it's a little bit of both, because this class certainly feels very deep, and we're going to see that as we finish out the first round, and we're still going to have picks left over. Uh, but there's probably a little bit of recency bias there as well. You know, even in like the going back to like the Gio Bernard class, you know, the year after he was a rookie, his second year, he was a very high pick in startup draft. So, you know, it could be very well end up the same way this year where we have high hopes for all these guys that we think are are high startup picks right now. You know, all these running backs that we're talking about are in the second and third round pretty much. Um, but, you know, once we get to 2019, then some of those guys are, are, are likely to fall off too. And we might feel a little bit different about this class. So I think it's a little bit of both there absolutely so uh as we've been stating throughout the process we are building rosters and uh at the end of this whole thing we're gonna we're gonna 
tweet out our rosters and tweet out how we built them and, and let our listeners vote on who built the best roster. I have a feeling I know who's going to win this thing. We, we've had one of our hosts have the number one pick multiple times and the other two has only had it once. So we're going to blame it on that. <laughs> but let's go over these rosters coming into the 2017 class real quickly. Ryan, you've had multiple first round picks or number one overall picks. You've built around the receiver position as as you always do, the the trio of DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., and Allen Robinson also have Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas. Uh, if that was a five-some on a actual dynasty roster with 12 teams in it, it would be lethal for sure. How do you feel about your team so far? What's your strength, and where's that weakness on your team going into this final draft? Well, I think pretty clearly my strength is at that wide receiver spot. Um I mean, even guys deeper than that, Devontae Parker and Robert Woods. I, I really like all of my wide receivers, and the weakness is clearly running back. I've waited until this 2017 class to really to get my running back. So, uh, honestly, right now, top to bottom, I'm not liking my team too much. Um, I think maybe you were alluding to me there winning this, but, Dan, it's, it's your team. I like the best right now. Oh, really? Well, I appreciate you saying it. You might be the only one that does that. Uh, we'll see if you add any any other wide receivers considering those strengths and weaknesses. Since you mentioned my team, we'll talk a little bit about that quickly. My strength is probably at the running back position. Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley are my top two at the position. After that, Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard uh, have a couple other guys as well. If there's a weakness for me, I think there's actually a couple of them. I'm really happy with Carson and Wentz as my top quarterback, but after that, only Dak Prescott on the roster. And then at wide receiver, and and maybe it's not a real weakness if you consider it in a 12-team league, uh, but when when I look at your wide receivers compared to mine, fellas, it's Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs, only... Sammy Watkins and Devin Funchess really behind them. So so if I, I have a couple of weaknesses. Hopefully I can sure up at least one of them in this draft, but we will see. Matt, what about you? You've, you've built a very well-rounded roster, I would say. Uh, of the three of us, I thought you were, you've done a, the best job of hitting every position. Make sure you have a stud at each position. Uh, David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott are probably the highlights of the roster at running back, but also at wide receiver, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Jarvis Landry, uh, to go along with Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill. That looks pretty good. What's your strength and where's your weakness lie as we go into this 2017 draft? Yeah, I think I'm strong at running back and wide receiver. And I mean, it's tough because all three of these teams are so stacked. Uh, my quarterbacks were looking good with Mariota and Garoppolo, but I think you guys have both passed me there. Dan, I think you and I are, you know, basically lockstep with running back. We we have the top four running backs between the two of us. And then I, I do kind of feel like my wide receivers are a little bit better than yours, but maybe not quite as good at Ryan's. And then I think I'm probably in the middle at tight end as well. But Ryan was saying last week that this kind of looks like the dynasty teams that he builds in real life. And, and it kind of looks like the dynasty teams that I build in real life too, to be honest with you. I, I do like to have kind of like an anchor stud at each position and then build depth off of that. Um, so that's, that's kind of way it's turned out this way in this draft too. Interesting. I, I have, have not built my team like I regularly would. I, I follow the same mantra as Ryan does building around the wide receivers. It seems like it's always a running back that's staring me in the face when I'm making my pick. I pick third in this, uh, exercise here this week and feel like that might be the case 
once again. So before we get to our rookie draft, let's talk a little bit about this class in general, fellas. Ryan, is there anything, as, as we've done throughout this series, I'd like to know if there's anything looking back to last August or, or June or July when these drafts were taking place. Is there anything that you've taken from that that you're looking at and applying to your preparation for this year's draft? I, I do think it's kind of difficult with just uh, just being really a few months removed from drafting this class. I, I, it's kind of hard to find those lessons that we've learned, but uh, a couple of my favorite players in that class were Alvin Kamara and and Juju Smith-Schuster. And I found myself in those in the range to draft both of those players, picking anywhere from 7 to 12 in several drafts, in, in almost every draft. And instead of just grabbing the guys I liked, I, I opted to trade down or trade up, uh, thinking that was the value play, and uh, didn't get as many shares of those players that I, I really wanted to target as, as I probably should have. So, uh, even though I, I was a big believer in both, maybe, maybe just slightly ahead of, uh, ahead of the group on that, it, it didn't really pay off for me, unfortunately. Yeah. That's one of the worst feelings really is, is when you're right about something when it comes to these dynasty drafts and you look at your rosters as a whole and, and it doesn't show how right you were. You really feel like you should have more shares. Matt, is there anything you took away from this class when you were doing rookie drafts last summer? Yeah, I, I think it comes back to, you know, the theme that we've been talking about in the running back position. For me, I, you know, we've had, we have several people in the dynasty community that have done a lot of work pinpointing, you know, promote the most productive ages for, for different positions. And wide receiver continues to be in that, you know, that, that mid to late 20s on into the early 30s. So building around those young wide receivers is often difficult to compete right away. So if you're going to draft, like even we saw with Corey Davis this year, uh, you know, you're probably going to be waiting until year two, maybe even year three for him to really, you know, you know, explore load whereas these running backs they're coming out and and producing right away and whether you want to keep them to to add to add your roster for a playoff run or or use that production that they've already generated to move them for you know a a more productive wide receiver for your team that just seems like to me I'm going to be really focusing on the running back position you know not exclusively certainly but at least you know when when I have like a tie break situation in a rookie draft as long as I'm completely set at wide receiver and feel like I'm good there then I'm probably just going to go ahead and take the running back with the tie break situation. Yeah, as many know, I'm I'm a bit I'm big into the salary cap and contract leagues, and especially in those setups, those wide receivers lose a little bit of value. So I've learned that same lesson over the last few years as well. For me, with this class, it's I think I mes- mentioned it on last week's episode. It's just to be more willing to take quarterbacks, especially in the second round of single quarterback leagues, because you can really hit a jackpot there. I was a big Deshaun Watson fan, and it shows on my super flex roster flex rosters because I was willing to take him at seven, eight, or nine overall in a super flex. I didn't translate that over to my single quarterback leagues and had plenty of opportunities to draft him late in the second round and passed on those chances. So for me, if you really like a quarterback, just because it's not super flex doesn't mean he's only a third round pick. You can jump on those guys and still get value in the second round, and we've seen that many times over the last few years, definitely have seen it with Deshaun Watson. So, 
Let's take a look at that ADP from last summer, Ryan. Uh, not a lot to talk about necessarily, but just a reminder for our listeners, let's go through that first round in its entirety. Sure. So um, we have seen a little bit of movement. Uh, like I said earlier, a few guys who already stand out as uh, maybe picks we we might regret, but uh, top to bottom, a, a lot of these players are still very relevant. And again, this ADP comes from my fantasy league, and it's throughout the uh, throughout the off season, really from May all the way until the beginning of the season. So, uh, in order, we had Leonard Fournette as the number one player off the board. Christian McCaffrey was the second rookie drafted. Joe Mixon third. Dalvin Cook fourth. Uh, the first wide receiver off the board at the fifth spot was Corey Davis. And then Kareem Hunt, we saw him really move up draft boards uh, late in the offseason after that Spencer Ware injury, of course. O.J. Howard, Mike Williams, Samaj P. Ryan was ninth, uh, Alvin Kamara was 10th, John Ross 11th, and Zay Jones, your boy, your boy Dan, was 12th. Yeah, I think for me, the name that sticks out to me is actually Corey Davis. It seemed to me he was going higher than that in most of my rookie drafts, Ryan. Don't you think the same thing when you look back? Yeah, in in my drafts, um, in fact, I had the 1.01 in, uh, in one draft and took him there. Part of that was influenced by having several other first-rounders that I knew I could grab a couple of those different running backs later in the round. So, But yeah, in most of mine, he did go first or second. And again, I think as the offseason went on, he he kind of fell down the board as far as ADP goes. Yeah, Matt, Pirine is the name that kind of sticks out to me the most. Maybe Zay Jones as well as relative disappointments after being a first-round pick through one season. What's the deal with these two? Is there is there a light at the end of the tunnel for owners of either Pirine or Zay, Zay Jones? Zay Jones, I think there's still hope, depending on what they're doing with the quarterback position there. P. Ryan, I'm a little bit worried about. I did like P. Ryan. I was concerned about his lack of pass-catching ability or lack of demonstrated pass-catching ability, really. But I did think that he would be able to beat out Rob Kelly for the job, and that just really didn't happen. He never was able to really separate himself from that. He had a couple fumbles early in the season that kind of uh, got him in the doghouse a little bit. But if you can't beat out Rob Kelly, like, I just, I don't know. I just don't have much hope. I'm not saying it can't happen. But for me personally, especially if Cousins ends up leaving, like I just that running game seems like a mess outside of Chris Thompson. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a candidate that that spot there for another running back to be added either through the draft or maybe even in free agency. So there's a story to be told still throughout this offseason. For me, that Zay Jones pick, everybody knows I was a I am a big Zay Jones fan. I, I think I've cooled slightly as most fans of, of the Buffalo Bills rookie have uh the biggest red flag for me has been the drops i watched him in college and what i saw were were excellent hands and thought that was a a sign of a very good trait that would translate quickly to the nfl and that hasn't those drops really uh give me worry hopefully he gets over that hopefully they figure out that quarterback position i'm a tyrod taylor fan so that's certainly not an excuse he had opportunities to make big plays and they they slipped through his fingertips, unfortunately. I'm holding Zay Jones in many leagues. I'm not moving on, obviously, uh, and and still have high hopes that that he'll 
reach that wide receiver two potential that I felt he had. A little bit worried, though, going into his first full off season in the NFL. Let's take a look at that second round, Ryan, before we go on to round three. Sure, lots of production from the second round. A couple of disappointments as well. Uh, It began with Evan Ingram at 13 overall. Uh, Jamal Williams, uh, Packers running back at 14. David Njoku, the third tight end off the board, was 15. And then we had our first quarterback, Deshaun Watson. His teammate, Deontay Foreman, was 17th overall. A little bit of a running back run there in the middle of the second round. Marlon Mack was next. Joe Williams uh, came in next at 19 overall. And then back to the wide receivers. Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup were 20 through 22. Patrick Mahomes, 23 overall. And then it wrapped up with Curtis Samuel, 24. Deontay Foreman's an interesting one to me, Matt. Uh, really wasn't a huge bit, huge fan of Foreman coming out. He had a good start to his rookie season and seemed to be really accelerating as the middle of the season came on before the big injury. Uh, what should what, what do you have to tell dynasty owners about what to look for with Foreman going forward? I think it's going to be rough in 2018, but I bet he's a buy, you know, heading into 2019. I just, I just don't know if we're going to see him back at full strength. He had that Achilles injury towards the end of the year, and it's unfortunate because he was, it had it in a game that looked like it was really going to be kind of a breakout performance for him. So uh, I'm always much more wary of Achilles injuries than I am for something like an ACL. Um, but even if it was an ACL, it happened so late in the season that it, that could have been an issue as well. But since it was an Achilles, I just think we're we're, we're in for a rough ride with him in, in 2018. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I like him as a buy. I, I just think you can probably wait and get him even cheaper. Yeah, per- perhaps a savvy owner knows that that tough news is coming down the pike here as we move on, especially in this off season and early in 2018. Perhaps wait till then to use that as your buying window and and pick them up even cheaper. Ryan, how about round three of the 2017 rookie ADP? Yeah, we had had quite a few uh, more relevant players even into that third round. James Conner at 25 overall. Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears quarterback. Of course, he went second overall in the NFL draft, 26th overall in Dynasty rookie drafts. Chris Godwin ended his season on a high note. Deshaun Kaiser was next, 28 overall. Uh, Jeremy McNichols was next, Ardarius Stewart, Chris Carson, uh, Gerald Everett, Rams tight end, Taewon Taylor at 33, Carlos Henderson, Wayne Gallman, and the third round wrapped up with Bears tight end Adam Shaheen. The guy for me that we should probably talk about here because he, I doubt he gets drafted in our exercise, Ryan, is Kaiser. Um, lots of speculation about what's going to happen to the quarterback position in Cleveland. But let's step put that aside for just a moment and talk about him as a prospect in general. Uh, did you see anything in his rookie season that makes you think he could be a player that will have dynasty value in, our, in the near or long-term future? He's such a tough one to, to uh, assess when you're thinking about both the NFL and fantasy, because he had, he had so many productive fantasy games. Um, He's almost, although they're completely different players on the field, uh, he's almost in that Blake Bortles territory where he continues to produce as a fantasy asset, but you watch him taking away that, that scope. And, and it's just for the most part, not good football. Uh, Of course he has, uh, he has a reason as a rookie being thrown into 
not only thrown into the NFL, but this questionable coaching staff and, and young talent around him. There's, there's plenty of excuses that could be made for Kaiser's game. If we're talking about a super flex uh, league, I would love to take a shot on, on Kaiser as a buy low or um, maybe in a shallow league. Some, some people are even giving up on him completely and dropping him. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I don't think the Browns are uh, certainly going to, uh, roll with him. I mean, he, depending on how that plays out this year, he may get uh, a shot at the beginning of the season, but he's, he's not the long-term guy there. Ryan, you and I have been in a lot of startups together, startup auctions. And he seemed, the reason I asked you the question about Kaiser is because he seems like the kind of guys you, you would throw out that one or $2 bid in a $250 auction and hope he slides onto your roster as your quarterback four or five, or maybe even six. Uh, so I, I think a savvy owner in those super flex leagues, like you said, is looking at him as, as at least a roster worthy candidate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's how I like to build my super flex leagues is, is with, uh, both top heavy at the quarterback position, but with depth as well, always picking up those, uh, backups. And, you know, I, I ended up with guys like Jacoby Brissett and Case Keenum on my roster. I think I traded one of those to you, Dan, uh, this year. Yeah, the really the more quarterbacks you can get, the better. So if you can get a, a young guy like him cheap, why not? And he's going to be awfully cheap before the NFL draft takes place for sure. The other guy that kind of caught my eye as you were listing those names, Ryan, was James Conner. Matt, you've been a Conner fan since he was in college, and I know you were drafting him in places last year. You've also mentioned a few times on the podcast that you're you're a little bit leery of Le'Veon Bell with both his contract situation, the off-field stuff as well. What are your thoughts on Connor after seeing him for, for one year? I think he had his moments, but... I mean, he could still also be dealing with, you know, remnants from cancer treatment and and things like that. So I'm not sure we've seen a a 100 percent James Conner on the field, but I think he's done enough to at least, you know, be a part of a committee, if not the lead back. I do think that if Le'Veon Bell moves on, they're probably going to draft somebody else, whether it's either a complimentary back or maybe even like like another lead back. Uh, But I think Conner could be easily be certainly be a a two down back lead back for them, you know, with a with with one of those PPR specials backing him up. Um, But it's hard to say that his value is really increased. I don't know if it's decreased too much. You know, if we do see Le'Veon Bell. Uh, uh, move out of town, then I do think we have a sell opportunity there. If you're not a fan of Connor, you know, if that somehow happens before the NFL draft, then, uh, you know, so I think he's worth at least holding on to right now. I'm not sure if I would be buying, um, but, but I think he's still definitely worth a roster spot. I wasn't as high as you were coming in during the draft process, Matt, and I feel pretty much the same way. I actually feel like he's a, he's a quality end of bench type player uh, wouldn't be buying for sure but uh, looking towards the future with a little bit of upside for sure let's uh, let's move on to beyond that third round Ryan are there any names worth mentioning yeah there's quite a few as I as I mentioned earlier another Packers uh, running back Aaron Jones was the 39th player drafted according to our ADP uh, D.D. Westbrook was was the name a lot of people were chasing. He was 43 off the board overall. Uh, George Kittle, uh, 49ers tight end, 47. And we could go could go even deeper with some players that uh, at least one year in still seem to be dynasty relevant. Matt Breda, Elijah McGuire, Chad Kelly. 
and and there's several more actually. The guy for me that really sticks out in that list is Elijah McGuire. For some reason, that guy resonates with me a little bit. I think he's going to get an opportunity at some point. He's quick. He's good between the tackles and on the perimeter. He can catch the football. And I think that translates to a good football player that could be dynasty relevant at some point. I have him on a lot of rosters and I'm looking to the future to see what uh, what he does because I think there's a chance he, he, he makes an impact at some point. Matt, is there anybody of that group that really catches your eye? There's a couple. Number one for me is Josh Reynolds. If Sammy leaves town, like I think Reynolds is going to fill that spot. Now it may be a, a fairly low target volume like Sammy experienced, but you know that's going to have some value there. So I think he could definitely shoot up the ranks. And then Jono Smith is sitting there too. He had very productive games as a rookie despite sitting behind Delaney Walker um, for most of the season. So those are two that, I, that I'm definitely interested for to see what happens in 2018. Absolutely. Some fun sleepers there. Ryan, any sleepers out of that group or even beyond that group that you want to mention? Yeah, I think the other guy we didn't talk about yet was uh, Bears running back Tariq Cohen. Uh, He was, at least for me, he was way off the radar and kind of picked up steam a little bit as, again, as the offseason went on. In, In this ADP, he was 41st overall. So that, of course, puts him in that uh, in that fourth round range. It just seems like because it was so recent that there's just so many names, we're not going to hit them all for sure during our mock draft. At least we had a chance to cover a few of them. Once again, this uh, mock draft will be PPR. It is Superflex. And again, we are building rosters. I should mention one last time that Ryan has written some articles about this, these episodes and uh, his comments on the picks and, and the players that are available. Uh, so make sure to check those out on DLF if you haven't already. So with that, let's get to our rookie draft. It's a 2017 class class and for the third time in the five year in the five years that we ran this exercise (laughs) ryan holds the number one pick matt you're sandwiched in the middle you'll have the number two pick and i'll be number three we will reverse after that so i'll have four matt will have five and ryan six and so on and so forth so ryan we are months removed from this class who is the number one pick in the 2017 class a year after they went off the board. Well, clearly there's a lot of options. I think all of those running backs um, are, are pretty well jammed in there in, in that top tier uh, because it is super flex. I think we could throw at least one of the quarterbacks in there, but I'm just going to uh, stick with, with the top producer. I'm going to take Alvin Kamara as the uh, 1.01. I know you were a fan of, Kamara Ryan, and he's worthy of being picked number one overall, obviously. Uh, I would have taken him here as well, but nobody saw this coming, right? Nobody nobody was willing to, to take him that high. I, I don't remember one person even picking him in the top five, do you? Oh, no, no, not at all. That For those early, those early drafts, it seemed like there was no cracking the top six. So the top six being four running backs plus uh, Mike Williams and Corey Davis. And that was now those, those six guys went in, in varying orders in those early drafts, but no matter what you thought of Juju or um, Kareem hunt or Kamara, you weren't, you weren't taking those guys any higher than seven in 99% of drafts. 
Absolutely. So Ryan adds his running back one finally in the fifth rookie draft of this exercise. He's got he's got a number one running back, and that put puts Matt on the clock at number two here. You have an interesting choice for sure. Before you make it though, Matt, would you have taken Camara one? I think I'm pretty sure I would have. Although I do feel pretty good about my running backs with David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Derrick Henry there uh, as my third. So uh, I'm pretty sure I would have. But it was definitely a toss-up between the guy who I'm going to take is Deshaun Watson. I think in a superflex format, there's an argument to be made for him. Certainly at number one, you know, he's a he's a top five to ten. Sometimes even. Um, earlier that in in a lot of people's rankings already as a dynasty quarterback and he did have the injury and I certainly don't think that the crazy production he had um, is is sustainable by any means but in a super flex format a guy that has shown his ability like I just I just don't think you can pass it up here and he'll slot in right next to uh, Mariota as one of my starters and allow Jimmy Garoppolo to to have a have a year off and develop a little bit under Shanahan. Oh, that's interesting. I was just updating your roster, and I actually placed him in your starting lineup along with Jimmy Garoppolo, thinking to myself, well, Marcus Mariota is a heck of a third guy. Uh, made a mistake there, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was. A, it's a good pick. I think there's a very good chance if he's healthy the entire year and continues to put up those numbers. In fact, I'm almost sure he would go number one in this exercise if he continued that top five every single week production that he was putting up there for a stretch before the injury. It's also a product of how deep the running backs are. Like, I just feel like no matter who you take here, like there's going to be somebody that comes back to me that I like. So that was another part of that decision. Right. And that should go into the decision for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I sure would have liked to have Deshaun Watson uh, to pair with Carson Wentz, but since he is gone, I'll have to pivot just a little bit. Uh, as I, as we said before, my strength is probably lies in the running back position already, but with the options that are available with the third pick, I think it's pretty obvious I have to go with Leonard Fournette as the third pick. Um, you know, to get him at three feels pretty good, really, when you look at this class overall. He was considered by many either the top pick or the second pick. He certainly put up numbers that are worthy of a number one overall selection. Um, so anybody that, anytime you're able to get that guy at third overall, you got to feel pretty good. The next pick is a difficult one for sure. In fact, I've agonized over it over the last week since we chose our uh, draft order, knowing that Alvin Kamara would go probably go first, Deshaun Watson would likely go second. I felt really good, as I said, about Leonard Fournette at three. Four is a little bit more of a question, knowing I won't be back on the clock until nine. I have a weakness at wide receiver, or a perceived weakness that I feel. Feel pretty good about my tight end. I think uh, there's certainly a tight end worth talking about at this spot. I'm going to go back to running back, though, once again. Uh, another guy whose injury makes him slip a little bit in this exercise, and that's Delvin Cook. He was putting up monster numbers, t- running back one overall type numbers until he went down with the injury. I know the replacements came in and played well. I have no worries that he won't step right back into a full-time role once healthy again. He was hurt early enough that I don't think anybody's really questioning whether he'll be ready for, for the beginning of his second NFL season. Uh, I think we were looking at a guy that was going to be considered in the top six or eight in overall dynasty value until the injury. So again, thrilled to get him with the fourth pick. So that 
puts Matt back on the clock. Matt, what are your thoughts on picks three and four? I'm actually a little bit surprised you took Fournette that early. I, I have him at seventh on my list, and that's may seem crazy, uh, but I, I just prefer Dalvin way more than Fournette and then the two other guys also. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy you took him, honestly. But you did leave me with a little little bit of a choice here uh, be, between my, my man crush and, and the obvious pick that I should take. So I'm going to go with the obvious choice here and take Kareem Hunt. Uh, I don't know what else to say about him. He's definitely going to be the lead back in, in Kansas City next season in the Andy Reid offense. Hopefully they decide to give him the ball 20 carries a game or 20 touches a game all season instead of half of the season and figure out that that's a key to, to their, them winning football games. Um, but it is very tough to pass up on pass up Christian McCaffrey here, who I, who I actually kind of like a little bit better. But I just think Hunt is kind of has that, that full-time role locked down, whereas McCaffrey maybe not so much. That's interesting. I actually had Kareem Hunt falling all the way down to number eight on wow. my list. I think the the second half of his season was telling for me, and the upside of these other rookies was a little more. Uh, it, it just that potential made me a little bit more excited. Uh, and once again, th- the depth at the running back position was a factor in this entire uh, ordeal. I, I thought there would be a better chance that. You know, I, I would get a shot at one of these wide receivers. I, I need one of these wide receivers or hoping I'd get one of those wide receivers. So that factors in for sure. If we were doing outright rankings, it might be just a little bit different. Ryan, you are back on the clock at number six. What are your thoughts on picks? Really, I guess, two through five since you haven't been on the clock since the opening pick. Uh, it, it basically went off as, as I, uh, had them ranked the, the top, the five players who have been chosen were, uh, my top five and, and can't really argue about the order. Um, I, I had hunt ranked third overall followed by Fournette and cook, but uh, again, don't, don't really have any argument about it any order those three might have gone in. I agree with Matt on his Watson pick that uh, you can make a strong case that he could go number one overall in this format, especially with the depth of the running back uh, position and knowing, knowing you were, you would be able to get some of those that uh, that's kind of what I mentioned with that uh, draft decision I had with Corey Davis in, in my actual league, I took Corey Davis first overall. I had uh, four or five other first round picks and knew I could get some running backs with those. So that's kind of how that went. So, so you're on the clock for two picks now at six and seven, since it went like you expected, are you disappointed with the options that are there and who's your pick? Well, not, not disappointed. I I think it's hard to be disappointed with, with this class at all, really. Um, and, and it is what I expected. So I think the first pick is easy, especially given my current roster. I am going to take Christian McCaffrey at the sixth spot overall. Um, after that, I think it it becomes a little bit more of a difficult pick. Uh, I think you've got some, um, some strong options at each position. Um, I still, even though I now have uh, Kamara, McCaffrey, and Freeman, I still consider that a little bit of a weakness, especially compared to you guys. So I, I wouldn't mind another running back. Uh, okay, before you make before you make the pick at seven, I want to get Matt's thought uh, thoughts on McCaffrey at six. That's a pretty pretty big value considering what you said 
earlier. Uh, what what's the deal with McCaffrey? What are you uh, what are you expecting as we go into year two? Do you think that that role will grow as Jonathan Stewart is a year older? He's another year into this offense. What are your thoughts on McCaffrey going forward? And does he still have that upside to jump all the way into the top three of this class? I just think he's so safe. Like the floor is so safe for him. I can't ever see a season where he doesn't catch 50 passes, you know, as, as a floor almost. And then if Stewart goes away and they start giving him the primary running back touches as well, you know, he's of course going to be limited by the goal line always by Cam Newton. But I just think I'm already kind of like regretting taking him over Hunt a little bit because if I had him to go with, with Keenan Allen and, and Jarvis Landry, I mean, I have three players there that can easily catch 100 balls every season, and that's just such a nice floor. So I'm, I'm still all about Christian McCaffrey. I don't think there's really much of a drop-off at all from, from, him, from Hunt to him, you know, maybe based on, on you know, the, the technicality of being a lead back or, or being the, the bell cow back. You know, McCaffrey might never actually get there, but I just think he's so safe with that PPR floor. Yeah, that floor that you're talking about is the reason that I preferred him slightly, especially considering we're talking about this being a PPR league. Uh, I, I just felt like he his upside along with that that high floor made him the safer option than Hunt. Uh, so with that, Ryan, hopefully we gave you enough time to think about this seventh pick. You're not on the clock again for five more. So you're going to continue to sure up that what you call a weakness at running back, or are you going to go to another position? I think there's really strong options at each position. Wide receiver right now, when you look at the draft board, is probably probably the most intriguing, but that's also my strength of the current team I've built. So I am actually going to grab my second tight end here. I'm going to take Evan Ingram, no. who is probably, no. uh, probably will be projected to be my top tight end over Hunter Henry. Yeah, that's a nice pick right there. I think that's a good value. I honestly, I, I'm not joking here. I, I considered him when I was on the clock at four, just because I knew there was no chance that he got all the way back to me. If I may have had a weaker tight end, I might have considered him even even more. But with Travis Kelsey already there, I decided to go away from from the pick. Matt, I thought you there was a there was a little bit of likelihood I thought that you would take him with your last pick when you were on the clock at five. Did you consider him there? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. I, I thought that there was a chance based on. Uh, Ryan's love of Corey Davis and Juju and the fact that he still had weakness at running back that I might be able to get him in the third. Um, Otherwise, I probably would have just taken him in the second. I honestly think at the end of the 2018 season going into 2019, he's going to be the tight end one in Dynasty. So um, I'm all about him, and I'm very sad that I didn't get him here. Interesting to me, Ingram had that monster first season Probably, I, I know it's the best rookie season that I remember uh, coming out of a tight end. And he really didn't move up all that much in this class. I don't know, Ryan, is that more because this class is so strong and so so many quality options up there at the top? Or is it something else? No, I think that's all it is. I mean, when you look at this class, you've got uh, Deshaun Watson, who most people consider a top five quarterback. You've got uh, Juju and, and Corey Davis, who... Most people would rank among the top 20 or 25 wide receivers, which is uh, very respectable given their their rookie seasons. And then you've got uh, five or six of the top 15 dynasty running backs. So the, the class is just so stacked that that I don't think that's a knock on Ingram to say he's the sixth or seventh or eighth rookie on, in the class. 
Absolutely, it's a it's a value if you ask me. I had him ranked just a, just above there uh, overall in the in the class, and uh, would have been thrilled if he just somehow got to me. I was really hoping to get the number two pick because that meant I would get Watson and then have a chance at Ingram when it came back to this pick. Matt, you were disappointed that no Ingram, but I think you'll feel all right with what's left for you, right? Yeah, it's it's weird to say that I'm sad that I have to take Corey Davis, but uh, I'm a little sad about it. Uh, you know, he didn't show quite as much as he, we had hoped in his rookie season. That offense just really never clicked, and he had hamstring issues, you know, through the early part of the season. So, but I, I don't think anybody's really giving up on him. Um, and I'm excited to add him. What is he going to be like? My wide receiver six, something like that. So he, that's fine. He can take he can take 2018 to go ahead and develop too, and then come out in 2019 and blow the doors off the league. Yeah, it's it's a really nice pick there to get him that that low. Ryan, I want your thoughts on this, and and not just the pick, but talk a little bit about that performance that he had in the playoff game against the Patriots, and what you think that's going to do to his value as we move along in this off season. Well, it's got to be encouraging, you know, if you if you're a Davis owner or a fan or a Titans fan. For me, I'm I'm a little bit leery of putting too much value in that one performance. Um, you know, he's been ranked as a top 20 dynasty wide receiver, essentially, since he came into the league, somewhere in that range. And um, I think there is some concern for what that offense looks like. We we really don't know yet. Of course, they've made some coaching changes. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I don't want to I don't want to call that playoff performance fool's gold. But I think it could really blow up his value beyond where it deserves to be. Yeah, I thought they're, you know, if the Titans don't make the playoffs and that never happens, uh, I think there was a chance that there was a little bit of a window and he kind of hovers in that top or top 24-ish, maybe even falls to the second half of the top uh, of the 20s in ADP. And that's not going to happen now because that happened. Uh, that, that one catch is going to spike that value to the point that not only will there not be a buying window, it's it's almost going to be un, undoable to go buy him anywhere for sure. So uh, Davis falls to Matt at eight in our mock draft, and that leaves me on the clock for my last two spots to add to my roster. Pretty obvious choice, especially at nine. We talked about it earlier. My weakness was probably wide receiver and to get Juju Smith Schuster here at nine uh, is is just great uh, it feels like we just keep saying it over and over but you feel good about every pick because there's so much talent in this class and Juju falling to nine uh, that's just fine with me I had him ranked just just above that so uh, feel good about getting him there at nine at 10 it's an interesting pick for me for sure Uh I don't really want to go to running back. I think Joe Mixon is a really uh, quality pick to get at 10. I'd feel good about adding to him, adding him to my team if I needed him, but I don't really feel like I need need to add him at this point with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley also having Cook and Fournette earlier in this class to go along with Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard. So how my roster has been constructed probably plays a role in my decision here. Therefore, I think I'll take the upside of Patrick Mahomes, uh, and hopefully him as my number three developmental quarterback will be enough for some voters to vote for my quarterback group over your guys's. 
So, those are the top 10. We move back to Matt for number 11. Before I make my pick here, I want to ask you guys, uh, Dan, I guess we'll start with you first. Would you have taken Juju over Corey Davis? Because I thought about it. So I had Juju one spot above Corey Davis, actually. And, and the reason is I echo a lot of the same things that Ryan said. Um, and the disappointment that we had with Davis this year, I mean, the complete opposite happened with Juju. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that production and being in that Pittsburgh offense and, and slightly uh, skew towards towards the rookie in Pittsburgh. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, w- I would go with uh with Juju as well. As I said, he, he was one of my favorites uh, coming into the year and, and he didn't do anything to disappoint uh, overtaking Martavis Bryant fairly easily, whether we want to give that, (laughs) give that credit to, to Juju or, or maybe place the blame on Bryant Uh, regardless. It happened that way. And, and um, yeah, so, so for that reason and, and some of the things Dan mentioned, I would take Juju there as well. Yeah, I, I really thought about it. I just, I'm just i trying not to let more, I guess, I don't know if we can even call it recency bias at this point, just like the, the recency bias from this season, like cloud, like, you know, my, like my valuations you know, going into the season. And I guess I'm still trying to hold on to the way we felt about Davis entering the draft. So uh, that might be wrong. But uh, anyway, with my 11th pick here, really tough call. I didn't think Mixon was going to be here. Um, so I guess I have to go that way. But uh, just to throw the other two names out that I was thinking about here, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, one of my favorites since day one, and O.J. Howard. Like I only have one tight end, but I'm, I'm usually okay with having, only having one tight end, especially when it's a, a top five auction, option like Jack Ertz is. So I will go ahead and take Joe Mixon and add that to my running back depth. Yeah, an interesting pick for sure. I thought there was a chance you'd go with Cooper Cup. Uh, but you let him slide. Uh, I don't know if he'll go to the second round. We may have enough time to talk a little bit about some extra picks. Ryan, you'll be the last one to fill out your roster. Who's going to be the 12th pick in the 2017 draft? Yeah, I was starting to hope uh, Mixon actually fell. He is uh, He's really the last running back I was considering um, in this first round range and, and knew... Uh, both of you guys had strengths at running back, so I gambled a little bit there. If I had it to do over with, maybe I would have taken Mixon as high as seven and then just been happy with whatever tight end fell to this point, but it, it didn't happen that way. So I'll trade you, Ryan. You can have Mix you can have Mixon for Evan Ingram right now. <laughs> I'll I'll stick with what I have, I think. <laughs> So I think this is a really interesting pick, Ryan. You, you, you and I and, and Matt, we've all talked about building a team in Superflex. So there's a few options. Um, this is the last player that's actually going to fall onto our rosters. So I think we can talk openly about the selection. You talk about liking to have a lot of depth at quarterback. Is Mitchell Trubisky a guy that you're considering adding to the roster? Uh, not really. Honestly, I, I was, uh, I was hoping I could grab Mahomes. I actually almost took Mahomes over Ingram. Those were the two players, uh, I was down to for that seventh pick, uh, back in the middle of the round. But, um, and, and I don't want to give up on, on Trubisky, you know, one, one year in a bad offense. We, we all saw what happened when we judged Jared Goff based on uh, those same circumstances. So, uh, I, I don't know if, if Trubisky is the next golf as far as that sophomore uh, explosion that we saw, but 
No, I'm not really considering him here. I, I do think a couple of the names that Matt already mentioned, Cup and uh, O.J. Howard are in contention. And then I, I think we still have to consider Mike Williams just based on draft pedigree and his college career. Uh, but in the end, I think I'm just going to go ahead, despite my wide receiver depth, I'm going to go ahead and take Cooper Cup. So Cup ends up going in the first round. I think that's that's a pretty nice rise for, for most dynasty owners and their rankings, uh, especially if you look all the way back to a year ago before we even reached the combine, he's he's gone on a huge rise, had a really nice rookie season, Matt. Um, if this thing were to be the real deal, I, I really have a feeling you might have gone with Cup at 11. That's got a Ryan really got your guys here. What's up? I know. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really depressed about it. He got all three of them. Christian McCaffrey, Evan Ingram, and Cooper Cup. Those guys have been mine since day one, really, and I didn't get any of them. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sad about that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon and, and Corey Davis. You know, that, that, yeah, that's, for that's sure. A nice, that's a for nice sure. trio. It's a nice group, for sure. Uh, and when we, when we list, um, list the rosters on Twitter for everybody to vote. You can vote for Ryan since he, he, <laughs> he got so many of your guys in this draft. So we have a few minutes left, fellas. Uh, Ryan, if this were to continue, and we, these guys won't be added to the roster, but because there's so many nice names there, let's keep going a little bit. If, if things were to continue and the 13th pick would be on the clock, who would be your selection there? I think I probably would have to go Trubisky at that point just for the, you know, just for the value that quarterback brings in that super flex format. Uh, we already talked about, uh, I like to build depth at that position and, and really all, all super flex players like to have depth at, at the quarterback position if they can uh, manage that some way. So uh, getting a guy like Trubisky who is locked in as a starter in the second round is, is value I won't pass up on. Yeah, Trubisky, you know, people talk about the comparisons like you did before, Ryan, with Goff in that down season. I actually think Trubisky had a better season as a rookie than Goff did in his first season. I I think the light is shining bright with that guy and and the right coaching staff. And I think there's there's a chance, at least, that they have that in place in Chicago. And he could make a make a jump, and maybe not as high as Goff did, but we could be talking about him as a quality quarterback two next season. Maybe even a low end quarterback one if everything falls into place and they get some weapons around him. So I think that's a value right there. I actually had him at twelve and Cooper Cup at thirteen. So while they're close, I I thought he was worthy of that first round pick. Matt, if you were on the clock at fourteen, knowing Cup and Trubisky just went off the board, who would you take? I think if we're talking about roster construction, I think I would probably go ahead and take O.J. Howard here. I like him just a little bit more than David Njoku, mostly because of the quarterback situation there and, and not knowing what, what's going to happen there going forward. Outside of that, though, I think I was, I'd be ready to reach for uh, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. I'm still kind of up in the air on those guys. I still haven't decided which one I like more for, for 2018. I kind of feel like Williams is the play because he's by far the cheapest. But uh, Jones is certainly the explosive one. And then behind that, uh, if it wasn't one of those two, it probably would have been Tyreek Hill. Or sorry, Tyreek Hill. Tariq Cohen. Yeah, you can't have Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I already got him. I already got him. This isn't <laughs> a double copy. Him, Wait, this yeah. isn't a double copy? No, you league? can't double up. <laughs> double oh, okay. up. So officially, since you're kind of hedging, you, you you were sitting firmly on the fence that's there right. with your pick. I, we're going to give you O.J. Howard since that's the first <laughs> name you mentioned. That leaves me, Mike Williams, so I'm happy to take him. At 15 overall, you guys 
spotlighted everything that uh, that I feel about him. I, I still think that upside all exists. Um, it was pretty much a lost rookie season, and I'm willing to look past it. Hopefully, the injury bug is behind him. I, I get worried with those back injuries like all Dynasty owners, but still feel that upside is still there. You turn on the Clemson film of Mike Williams, and you'll feel a lot better about having him on your rosters for sure. I got one more pick before we wrap things up with Matt and Ryan. I think I will take Aaron Jones here. I definitely prefer him over the other Packers running back, Jamal Williams. Uh, feel good about if this were a real exercise, I'd feel real good about getting him here. I think he's got the best chance to be that true full-time running back in Green Bay if there is one. Uh, so I'll take Jones at 16. Matt, why don't you make one more pick at 17? Well, I guess uh, since I can't take both, then I will pivot to, to Tariq Cohen here and go ahead and take that upside. I hope that with that new offensive coordinator, not is it a new offensive coordinator, a new coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Nagy there, you know, hopefully he can be a little bit more creative with them than, than John Fox was. You know, obviously Jordan Howard is still there and is probably going to still be the lead back, but I just don't know how you can't, can't want to get Tariq Cohen the ball more after what we saw him do in limited action. For sure. Uh, Cohen was a was an option for me. He's the next guy on on my board as well. Ryan, that leaves you once again to make the last selection of, of the draft. Uh, who's the last guy worthy of this pick? It's pretty crazy because there there are so many. I mean, there's several good options here. We're 18 players deep, and some of the names you guys have already mentioned, Jamal Williams, David Njoku, uh, and some players that we haven't talked about uh, Kenny Galladay and, and Chris Godwin, among others, Marlon Mack could could be the starter in Indianapolis for all we know. And and then the the disappointing first rounders, P. Ryan, John Ross, Zay Jones. You wonder how far those guys fall. But um, of all of those players, the one that I feel has the highest upside is the one I'll take is Chris Godwin. Hmm, interesting one for sure. I I had him uh, as the nineteenth player. On my board, and I had a wide receiver in front of him. I had Galladay, so so it's like splitting hairs for sure. I think uh, both have some upside, definitely as as red zone threats, and and Galladay maybe a little bit more as that deep threat. Um, but both of them are are definitely dynasty stashes worth holding on to, and we'll see what how that plays out. Uh, some of the names you mentioned, of course, Galladay and Joku Mac. Uh, Deontay Foreman is still an interesting name, even with the injury, uh, Jamal Williams and my guy, Zay Jones, DD Westbrook is another one. I don't think we talked about, um, any other names worth mentioning, Matt? Adam Shaheen. I think Adam Shaheen is a huge buy right now. I mean, again, new offensive coordinator. He's at least right now, before we enter the draft and free agency, I think he's, you know, at worst, the number two target in the passing offense, maybe number one, you could, you could consider him as, uh, maybe with Cam Meredith coming back, he takes over that role. But uh, I think Shaheen is is a massive buy right now. How about you, Ryan? Any other names you want to make sure to mention out of this class? Yeah, probably Taewon Taylor, uh, Tennessee Titans wide receiver. Um, didn't get a ton of opportunity this year, but uh, really flashed when he did. And a couple of those wide receivers kind of getting up there. And so I'm excited to see over the next couple of years what Taylor can do with some increased opportunity. Yeah, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to mention him as well. Definitely a guy worth having on rosters and, and that guy worth adding to trades or, or trying to add to your team. Before we get out of here, let's do, as we have throughout this process, talk about the best pick and the pick you most disagree with. Ryan, let's start with you. 
it's it's a tough one today because the 12 players I had ranked were the 12 players who were chosen. I think that's the first time that has happened in this in this process. Um, wow, it, it really is tough. I I guess I would have to. Oh, it, it really is just splitting hairs. There's I, no bad picks in this draft. Yeah, I, I would I would take Juju over Corey Davis. So I guess I have to say Corey Davis as as the bad pick, but it's really it really is not. Okay, is there a good one? Uh, yes, they're all good. All the rest of them. More than any other. They're all good. Um, I did like your Patrick Mahomes pick again. I mentioned that I considered him at seven overall. He fell to ten, and I, I think it's fair to assume he's the starting quarterback for the chiefs and getting a starting quarterback with those type of weapons at 10 overall in a rookie draft is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, I think Evan Ingram was probably my favorite pick of, of the whole thing. I, getting him at seven is just a steal in my eyes. I had him ranked just a little higher than that over a couple of those running backs that went and, and just right in front of those wide receivers as he went. And then if there was uh, a pick that I guess I didn't agree with, I, I won't go with Corey Davis because I don't want to pile on and make it sound like that was a horrible pick. That would have been, I guess, mine. But instead I'll go with Cup at 12. I had him ranked at 13. So I would have <laughs> taken Trubisky. What were you thinking? Yeah. Matt, is, is there a best and worst for you? My my Again, this is all splitting hairs. And, and I certainly think Mahomes is, is, is worth a, a end of the first round pick here. But maybe I'm the only guy out there that still thinks that Alex Smith might be back. I mean, I just don't think that that is a foregone conclusion. And if that happens, you know, you're waiting on Mahomes for another year. Not that that's a bad thing because we know that he is the, the future there. But in terms of like immediate return on value, then, you know, I think that we're putting a cart before the horse a little bit with him. Sure. I, I can completely get on board with that. So that is our final draft. Uh, we should quickly vote fellas. Who's got the best roster, Ryan, which one do you like the best? I still think it's you. Oh man. I feel so good. If I have the endorsement of Ryan McDowell, I've done something right in this whole process. How about you, Matt? Which, well, which well, just because Ryan said that I'm going to say me, I think I have the best team. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say you until you said that. That's right. Two votes. Two votes for me. I win. Sorry, it's over. (laughs) So everybody gets a vote for best roster. Uh, I really like what each of you did. And as you both said, it kind of mimics what you do regularly when building those rosters. So for all our listeners out there, uh, be sure to watch Twitter at DLF Podcast. Also at RyanMC23. Ryan will be tweeting those things out. We'll also tweet out, Matt, you're at M. Pricer and I'm at dmyler22. Make sure to vote on the best roster and best position groups, uh, and we'll talk about that next week in our recap episode. For my buddy Matt and my other friend Ryan, I am Dan. This has been the 291st episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week for our recap episode.